God, we love you. God, we thank you. place I would rather be than in the house of the Lord tonight. I could be a lot of places. Not too many years ago, I was on a road to no good to nowhere. So when I say there's no place that I would rather be than right here tonight, I'm telling you that from the bottom of my heart. Because I've fallen in love with him. To me, it is not a crutch. To me, he is not a weakness, but to me, he's my strength because I've fallen in love with him. Do you feel that way tonight? I mean, each and every one of us have our own testimonies, but each and every one of us, we need to fall in love with him over and over and over again. My first love, not enough, but it's got to be a daily walk, a daily consecration, daily communication with the King of Kings and my Redeemer. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Psalms, the 42nd chapter? I'd like to thank give honor to my pastor for instilling in me a love for the word given to me this opportunity though each and every one of these men that are up here I would much rather hear them than me because but it's fallen upon my lot and I come to you with a burden tonight came with a burden on Sunday night. God moved in a mighty way and I felt that the burden had somewhat lifted. And when Brother Bradford, Brother Jeremy contacted me and said, hey, we want you to go ahead and preach on Tuesday. This pastor's having trouble getting back. And so I went before the Lord and I started praying about it and seeking his face, thinking that he had done the work to do, that he wanted to do. And couldn't get away from this message so tonight no one else needs to hear this I need to hear it one more time book of Psalms chapter 42 starting with verse number one as the heart panteth after the water brooks so panteth my soul after thee O God verse number two my soul thirsteth for the living God and that's all I need of that we put our Bibles down and lift our hands and our hearts towards heaven right now. God, I love you. I ask you to do a work in this house, Lord. I ask you to do a work in me. 
God, I want you to touch each and every one of us, Lord, starting with me. Lord, let your anointing rest upon me and rest upon this people. Open our hearts and open our minds. God, hide me behind the cross. Let me deliver what you've given to me as you've given it to me. I trust you. I believe you. God, I adore you and I worship you. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Upon studying this 42nd Psalms, I noticed the notation that the Psalms 42 was written for the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah, as we know or as you may not know, but the sons of Korah were descendants of Korah, which was the individual's that came against Moses and came against God, that brought division and was standing in the way of God's blessing and was standing in the way of the man of God and questioned what was going on and so much so that it angered God so that he opened up the earth and swallowed up the family and those that followed Korah. But this psalm was written to the descendants I don't know if it was grandsons, great-grandsons. I don't know how far down it went, but it was written for the sons of Korah. As I looked at this, I began to look at the other books of Psalms and the songs that were written, and I noticed that, that they were written to, some were written to the chief music, musician. Some were written to a certain individual. But I didn't find very many Actually, I didn't find any in my studies thus far that had said that they were written for an individual or for a group of people except for the sons of Korah. There are several psalms that were written for the sons of Korah. And in the studies I've looked, and I'm just laying a foundation here to get to where I want to go, and I will hurry. But in, as I looked at this, it wasn't clear on who actually wrote the psalm for the sons of Korah. But I believe, looking at it, if you read it, the structure and the way it is written, it appears to me and it is my belief that it was written by or for or from someone that was directly involved with David. It was written at a time, they say, when David was being chased from his promise. But it was written for the sons of Korah, which were notable members of David's choir. I just went over the history of where they came from. But this psalm is letting them know that, that they may, it, it, it lets me to know that maybe that the sons of Korah were at a time in their life when they were looking. If you read through the psalm and how that it goes through that God has forsaken me and where are you God and, and I, I, I don't seem to find you and, and my heart, why are they disquieted with my soul and they're struggling with with what's going on, and the writer is writing to them and, and instructing them to don't give up. To and At the end, there's hope in, in what you're going through. And, and don't look back at your past. And, and don't let your past predicate your praise of the future. And don't let your past uh, d decide and don't let your, what your family has done in the past. Don't let that involve, or don't, let, don't involve that in, with your praise. I was looking at it, and, and I was... My heart went out to them because I can only imagine how that they are 
notable members of David's choir, but they're looking and feeling maybe unworthy. Should I really be in this place? Because David is writing, and we are writing songs for David, and David is writing songs for us, and we're to sing and to play them. And, and are, are we really where we should be? But this psalm that is for the sons of Korah, they're saying, hey, based upon your family, what they've done, don't, don't ever look at it and say, I shouldn't be here because God has placed you where you are. Can I tell somebody in this building tonight, I don't know where you are and I don't know what your family has ever done. I don't know what your family has drug you through and the muck and the mire that they may have cast upon your name. But can I tell you that God has placed you in this house. God has placed you where you are. If you're elevated anywhere in this house, God has put you there. You don't look at where you come from. You don't look at your past and your family's past and let that count anything for you because God has put you where you are. And I looked at this and, and the heart that panteth after the water brook. The heart is a mature male deer notably a red deer. And as a deer hunter, I understand that when you are looking for a trophy buck, the big mature deer, you have to understand that that mature deer, it's a hard one to find. Because he's wise to the things that are around him. He's wise to the surroundings. He's wise to, to he, if, you, if you're out and, and you watch as the doe will come out and the fawns will come out, and they'll come out into a clearing and they'll play and they'll, and they'll, and they'll just wrestle around and, and they'll be looking around and feeding and going about their business and you don't see the big mature buck. But if you'll wait, if you'll have patience, a lot of times there'll be, it may be not the big mature buck, but there'll be a buck that comes out. There'll be a male deer that comes out, and his head's high, and he's looking around, and he's, he's very, very cognizant of what's going on. His ears are moving around, and he's watching what's going on. I'm telling you that, to tell you this, that that deer, as he panteth after the water brook, you've got to understand he's approaching that, that there may be obstacles. He's been running. He's tired, he's thirsty, but there may be a predator at the water brook. I don't know if you guys just seen that, but I just watched that rabbit. I'm going to chase it. <clears throat> that male deer... He knows where that water brook is. He knows where that fresh water is. Can I tell you that you know where the water is? You understand where the water is. You've been walking with God long enough that you understand there's good water. But there may be an obstacle that I've got to go through. And I maybe have to be aware of a predator. But I'm just going to be patient because if I get that water, it's going to quench my thirst. But just as there's that water brook, that clean, pure water that flows. There's also the murky, muddy puddle. It's easier to get to. You don't have to push as hard. 
the predator, the obstacles are not around the mucky, stagnant water. It may satisfy you for a moment. The Bible says that the pleasures of sin, the sin is, is pleasurable for a season. But there's something about getting in touch with God. You know, you can go out and you can get in and you can, you can paw your way through and get into the mucky, muddy water to get a taste of something. But it's not that real water brook. It's not what your soul is panting after. Let me tell you something, drugs and alcohol and, and lascivious lifestyle, that may satisfy you for a moment, but that's muddy water. That's stagnant water. That's not the pure water that your soul is panting for. It is built into that, that heart's DNA that the understanding that if I don't get to that water, dehydration will begin to set in. When dehydration sets in, you begin to lose strength. We are going to go into, in a few months, we will go into the, our heat awareness at work. Because there's a funny thing about dehydration. You can be suffering dehydration and never even realize that you're there until it's too late, until you're heat stroked out or you're heat stressed out. So you have your, don't say it, you have your buddy watching you. I'm not this buddy. He always corrects me. When I come up to somebody, hey, buddy, he's all over there. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, man, did it again. But no, this dehydration, it'll sneak up on you. But if you can get to the water brook, then your mind, your clarity of mind, you see where I'm going with this? You stay too far away from the water brook. You stay too many days away from getting into a player closet where you're saying, God, I need you. Oh, my soul thirsteth for you. Whenever, you're, whenever you get away from God, you lose your, your, things become cloudy in God. Things become, you begin to, 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 to lose your stamina in God. You don't even realize that you're dehydrated until you're laying and your heat stroked out and you're wondering, how did I even get here? Why, I'll tell you how you got there is because your soul no longer thirsted. You didn't pant like you used to pant. You didn't long for that water brook. You didn't long for that touch of God. You didn't long to give him your praise. I don't know if you heard that. You no longer long to give him your praise. It's not about him giving you anything. God saved my soul. He picked me up out of a mucky mire pit. He doesn't owe me anything, but something I found with him is whenever I'll give him praise, he reciprocates with blessings. He reciprocates with praise to me. He elevates me to a position where he wants me to be. When I praise him, he elevates me. When I praise him, he acknowledges me. When I praise him, my thirst is quenched. Why? Because he lives and he thrives in the praises of his people. We've got to learn that we, learn, we cannot get away from praising him.
can't get away. It's not only your family's history, but I'm talking about praise. But it's your past failures. I don't know the past failures of the sons of Korah. But I know the failures of Laren Kaufman. Like Brother Bradford said, it's an up and down. I'm just praying that my trajectory is right. I may have some altitude changes up or down, but as long as I'm climbing, as long as I'm, I'm reaching for higher heights and I'm not satisfied with my praise that I have today, my praise has got to extend into tomorrow, into the future. I've got to praise him with everything I have because I can't live on yesterday's blessing. I can't live on yesterday's trip to the water brook. I've got to long for him. I've got to strive for him. I've got to push my way through where my soul, my soul has to get you. My soul longs for you. My soul thirsteth for you. Got to get to that point that no matter what situation I'm in, I will still praise him. Book of Acts chapter 16, we find Paul and Silas cast into prison, beaten, legs in stalked, in prison for doing the work of God. But I can't help but think this is just how I read the Bible. But I can't help but think that Paul, when he's sitting there, legs in stalks, his past has to come up in his mind and thinking, is this really where I should be? Because it was just not too long ago that I had letters in my pocket for the death of the Christians just not too long ago that I was persecuting the saints. Is this really where I need to be? Maybe this is, my, this is what I deserve is to sit right here. He's looking at his past. He leans. I'm sure he's probably at that point going, okay, I don't know what they're going to do with me, but I know right now I could possibly be where I need to be. Mind, your mind will begin to tell you. The devil will sit up on your shoulder and tell you you're right where you should be. Whenever you're down and your mind is playing tricks on you and you're thinking God has deserted me and, and maybe my past is catching up with me. Oh, can I tell somebody that your past, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, your past is under the blood. There's no one that can get it. The devil can't get it. The only person that can get it is yourself. you got to walk through the blood to drag that back out because there's nobody in here that can accuse you. There's nobody in here that can bring up your past with any credibility because my God died for you. My God died for those sins. Don't let him tell you. Don't let your enemy of your soul tell you that you don't deserve to be where you are. But Paul sitting there looking at his past, present, sitting in jail, thinking, I deserve to be here. Maybe it's that time that his buddy Silas looks over at him and says, You know, I haven't been in here, I didn't been in this thing a whole lot a long time. It's uh, I, I'm kind of new to this and I know you're kind of new to this, but 
but I don't know, I feel something in my soul that, that uh, I think we just need to praise a little bit. And Paul, I can just, this is just me, but I, I, I can imagine Paul going, man, I don't know about praising right now because maybe I should be here. Maybe Paul's feeling a little bit, a little bit under condemnation and he's, he's thinking about it. And, and then he maybe, I, I can only imagine, and again, this is me, I'm thinking maybe Paul reached back to Psalms 42 and he said, hey, wait a second. They, somebody wrote to the sons of Korah that said, don't let your past catch up to you. Don't worry about what your past has done. There's, worse, there, there's value in praise. Praise will get you out of things that, that you can't get out of yourself. And he looked over at Silas and said, you know what? How did you feel when he brought you out of the wilderness kind of thought that would get a little more response than that how did you feel when he brought you out of the wilderness you know you may not be feeling too good right now it's Tuesday you've been working you may not feel up to it you may not feel on top of the world it may not feel like Sunday night when we left here maybe you've had the enemy coming upon your soul but you just got to look back and say you know what I kind of felt like running when I come out of the wilderness I kind of felt like dancing when I come out of the wilderness I felt like praising when I come out of the wilderness. Wait, wait, hold on, Paul. Hold on, hold on, Paul. Hold on, Paul. Wait, 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 wait. You felt like running. You felt like jumping. We're sitting here with our feet in stocks. We can't run. We can't jump. Paul said, watch this. I'm going to praise him. And when he began to praise him again, the Bible tells us that the earth began to shake. And those, those stocks broke off. And then Paul, I'm sure, looked at Silas and said, hey, buddy, what do you think now? Well, how do you feel when he brought you out now? Do you feel like jumping? Do you feel like running? Do you feel like praising? Oh, but uh, there's something that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because whenever he began to praise, you can be seated, but you're going to get up in a minute. There was something that excited me like never before. I, I love reading the Bible because you f stuff just jumps out at you that you, 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 you just, it's, it's a living word. So they, they're sitting there, they're praising, oblivious to what's going on. I believe that because I think, I, I know for me, when I get into praising and I get, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. Pastor, I love you, but I don't care what you're doing. CJ, you're all over the place. I can't keep up with you. But I'm going to praise the way I praise. I'm going to lift him up the way I lift him up. I'm going to give him glory for everything he's done for me. <clears throat> and when they begin to praise, that earth shook. The stocks fell off. People were running around. The Bible tells me that as they sang praises, the other prisoners heard them. Sometimes we come to church and we have visitors. Let's not be apostolic. We have visitors. They might think we're crazy. But can I tell you, 
The visitors, they're in prison. Come on, come on, somebody. They're in prison. They're in prison of guilt. They're in prison of doubt. They're in a prison of sin. And whenever we get into praise, they hear us. Their interest is piqued, and they say, hey, what is that? Can that free me? Can that free me? Can that work for me? It don't look so foolish to me now because I think it can free me. This right here, this right here is what we've got to pant after. This right here is what our soul has to thirst after. We can't let a day go by that we don't get in this presence. We can't let a service go by that we don't praise him, that other people are listening. But that ain't what knocked my socks off. What hit me like a ton of bricks was that sleeping jailer. When all that commotion went on, you can be seated. I'm trying to hurry. I'm almost done. My Bible tells me that that jailer, he said, wait a second, I don't understand what just went on. But all I know is the guys that were in those stocks are no longer in those stocks. They were at my charge. I was supposed to keep track of them. And now I don't know where they are. The doors are open. And because two people, Paul and Silas, and Paul said, I don't care that I was killing Christians. I don't care where I was. I don't care where I am. All I know is God's got my future. And if I will praise my way into the future, there's no telling what God's going to do. I can't comprehend what God's going to do. If I will get the heart of a heart and say, my soul thirsteth after you. My soul longs for you. And that jailer that was sleeping and so concerned that he would have killed himself. My Bible tells me that him and his family were saved That's all I got out of that. The praise of two people that would not be quiet saved a jailer, a non-believer, and his family. All you got to do, friend of mine, is praise him, and the doors will open so that you can witness. All you got to do is praise him and let him usher you into his future. As we stand all over this house, the musicians come. The psalmist was writing to the discouraged. The psalmist was writing a song of encouragement and hope for the sons of Korah. As we walk this Christian walk, as we praise him, 
as we live for him. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not going to have trials. I didn't even get to the rest of that. Don't let anybody tell you that there's not going to be hiccups and heartaches. But just let me drop this into your, into your mind. The same heartaches and troubles that I have, they have them in the world. But you know what I have? I got a praise. I got a praise that breaks the stocks. I got a praise that will open prison doors. I got praise that will save the unbeliever. I got a praise that will open doors to a witness. I got praise that will open doors to a Bible study. You want a Bible study? Begin to praise him. God will open the door for a Bible study. You want, you want, to, you want to witness to somebody? Start praising him and watch God open the door. And you can be able to tell him, man, we had a service last night. We've got to get to the point to whereas the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. In the face of opposition, God, I will praise you. The attitude of the heart is that water is cool, that water is refreshing. If I can get to the water brook, I will be satisfied. And my soul panteth after thee, O God. If I can just get to you, God, I will be satisfied. If I can just get in your presence, God, the trouble that seems so overwhelming. It's going to be so small. If I could just get in your presence, Lord, there's nothing that I cannot overcome. I could just get in your presence. If I could just get to where my soul panteth after thee, where my soul is literally wearing itself out because it can't get to you. These altars are open. Time to rededicate and reconsecrate our lives to where we say, God, give me back to the point to where my soul passes for thee. Take me back to the point where I'm not satisfied with the muddy waters that's offered to me. But give me back to the point, God, to where I seek your face where I'm not satisfied until I'm not satisfied until the hot tears of the Holy Ghost and your spirit begin to minister to me. Why? Because my soul passes for thee. Because I know that if I can get to where I can praise you, things that are so big become so small. If I can get to the point to where that refreshing reciprocates into a praise, there are souls that can be saved. 
said the deep calleth the deep. 